0: Welcome, you're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast, the show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Hello, I'm Marina Yevshan, host of the Russia-Ukraine War Report podcast, and today is February fifth, 2024. It's been 3,661 days since Russia's illegal occupation of Crimea on January 27, 2014. And one year and 346 days since Russia expanded its war of aggression against Ukraine. Today's podcast looks at events that happened over the weekend. During the podcast, you will find the Russia-Ukraine war map helpful to visualize the areas discussed. A link is in the podcast description, and there are a lot of map changes today. The Russia-Ukraine War Report is compiled by our team from around the world. Today's report includes information from our direct contacts and journalists in Ukraine, the Russian Ministry of Defense, the General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine morning reports, operational commands North, South and East of Ukraine, open-source intelligence, our in-house team of analysts and geospatial experts, and pro-Ukrainian and pro-Russian mill bloggers and social media channels with a track record of trying to be accurate. We have one mission – the truth, because the truth matters. Let's start with the daily assessment. 1. We maintain there is a high risk of large-scale Russian missile and drone strikes targeting Ukrainian civilians and civilian infrastructure in the next three days in response to the sinking of a Black Sea fleet vessel and strikes on Russian oil refineries. We assess that the operational situation for Ukrainian troops in the Avdiivka area of operation has deteriorated significantly. If defensive lines cannot be stabilized, it would be prudent to implement a retrograde operation to the next lines of defense. 3. Russian commanders have put mission objectives over all other considerations and are committed to capturing the Avdivka salient regardless of the cost. 4. We maintain it is almost certain the United States has ended financial and military aid to Ukraine, unless there is an unforeseen event that changes congressional leadership. 5. The actions of Congress are damaging the U.S. global standing as a trusted ally of democratic states and have partially contributed to increased kinetic and hybrid warfare activity executed by Russia and its so-called axis of resistance of Belarus, North Korea, Iran and their proxies. 6. The armed forces of Ukraine are facing critical ammunition shortages, particularly air defense missiles and artillery rounds, that are directly impacting their ability to continue active defense operations along the entire line of conflict. 7. In our assessment, Russian forces have not abandoned their operational objective to capture Chasiv Yar west of Bakhmut. 8. Combat that closely resembles World War I trench warfare versus 21st-century combined arms maneuver warfare will continue for the foreseeable future. 9. Russia's ongoing political purge is accelerating, and the Putin regime is fast-tracking its transition into a fascist state. In the medium and long term, this shift will further endanger global security and stability. 10. We maintain that while the possibility of an intentional nuclear accident caused by Russian occupiers at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant remains low, the threat is not being taken seriously. We begin in Kharkiv Oblast, in the Kupinsk area of operation, AO. Fighting continued in the area of Sinkivka with no change in the situation. Ukrainian and Russian sources reported continued fighting in the area of Tabaivka. An article from the United States news agency Forbes claimed that Russia has amassed 500 tanks, 600 armored vehicles, hundreds of artillery pieces, and 40,000 troops to capture the Kupyansk The Kharkiv Oblast Administrative and Military Governor, or the head of OVA, Oleksiy Hubov, responded to the report, quote, The Russian army has been advancing in this direction since February 2022. And since the counteroffensive of the armed forces of Ukraine, The occupiers have not abandoned their intention to retake these territories because for them it is a logistically important direction. But the armed forces of Ukraine are repelling enemy attacks all the time. The armed forces are ready for any further scenarios, enemy actions and rapid response to intelligence results. Moving to assessment. We do believe that Russia is setting conditions for a larger offensive. But we are skeptical that the equivalent of 10 brigades has been assembled. The spokesperson for the Ukrainian Steel Border Detachment, Ivan Shevtsov, said that since the start of January, the number of Russian fire missions has increased from 400 to 500 to 700 to 800. A sharp increase in artillery activity is part of setting conditions for a new offensive. In the Kremlinna Io of Luhansk Oblast, Russian mercenary mailblogger Wargonzo reported that Russian troops tried to advance in the direction of Makivka. Fighting continued east of Terny and Yampolivka, south of Yampolivka. Russian forces suffered heavy losses as part of an armored advance, but were able to retake positions they lost last month. Southwest of Kremienna, the Russian Ministry of Defense made its traditional claim of fighting in the area of Dubrova. In the Lysychanskoye, Russian and Ukrainian sources reported fighting continued in the area of Beluhurivka, that's the one in Luhansk Oblast, with no change in the situation. In occupied Luhansk Oblast, Russian officers and their supporters gathered for a meeting at the Adriatic Café in Lysychansk on Moskovska Street. During the meeting, the bakery and café were hit by rockets fired by HIMARS. The illegitimate Putin-appointed governor of the so-called Luhansk People's Republic, Leonid Pasichnik, claimed that 28 people were killed, including a child. The rubble was reportedly searched for 26 hours, with 10 people recovered. A representative of Lusychansk City Military Administration said, quote, The occupiers used the facility in question for their own purposes. They would eat and hold meetings there, Unquote. Next, let's talk about the Donbas. In northeastern Donetsk oblast in the Solodarajo, there was a new Russian claim of fighting in the area of Mikulaevka and Fedorivka. There haven't been any Ukrainian reports, and satellite images didn't show recent major activity. We will continue to monitor the situation. In the Bahmuteyo, northwest of the city, Russian forces continued their attempts to push into Богданка. Fighting also continued in the area of Ivanivske, with no change in the situation. In the Kleshevka area, positional fighting continued northwest of the settlement of Kleshevka, while Ukrainian forces advanced to the east, retaking their positions on the east bank of the ponds and moved up the tree line in the direction of Zaitseve. Based on the new information, the map was adjusted. In the Turetsk-New York KO, fighting has continued on the northwestern edge of occupied Horlivka in the area of the gas compressor station south of Pivdenne. In southwestern Donetsk oblast, the situation has deteriorated on the north flank of the Avdivka AO after Russian forces made significant advances. Our assessment from February second that the Russian attacks had not culminated and there were significant reserves was accurate. Southeast of Novobakhmutivka, Russian troops were pushed back from the railroad grade. Additionally, another Russian attempt to advance on Stepove from the east of the railroad grade was unsuccessful. Russian forces bypassed Ukrainian defense lines south of the Terukin and through the Duchess, captured the sewage treatment plant, and advanced through the beet fields south of Vesela to the north bank of the flooded sand quarry. Russian troops also advanced southwest of Kamienka. Russian forces are now within a few hundred meters of taking physical control of the ground line of communication, GLOC, that's a supply line that supports the Ukrainian stronghold at the Avdivko coke plant. A video recorded from the city showed a Russian bomb dropped by the aerospace forces narrowly missing a Ukrainian vehicle, suggesting that travel is becoming more difficult. Based on the intelligence we received, we have low confidence that Ukrainian forces have stabilized their new defensive lines, and the weather forecast for today was unfavorable. Ukrainian military journalist Andriy Tsaplyenko wrote that the situation had become critical. Quote, Taking advantage of the cloudy weather and the impossibility of high-quality aerial reconnaissance entered the city from the northeast, from the side of the Avdivka quarry. Unquote. He did add that if Ukraine pulled up adequately trained reserves, the Russian breakthrough can still be eliminated. Southwest of Kashtanova on the southern flank of Avdivka, a Russian forward-operating base for drone operators located under the remains of the H-20 highway was destroyed by a Ukrainian strike. Survivors of the attack complained on Telegram, calling Russian counter-battery ineffective. Quote, during the destruction of the position, not a single colonel or hire was injured. Unfortunately, we lost a lot of gear, UAVs and electronic warfare equipment. Unquote. Fighting continued in the area of the Tsarsko Охота and south of Sportivna Street, with neither combatant controlling the area. Ukrainian forces still control the Zenit Air Defense Station. Russian forces continued intense attacks in the eastern part of Perovmaiske, where house-to-house fighting was ongoing. In the Mariengajo, Russian forces continued their attempts to advance on Krasnohorivka from the southeast without success. Fighting continued northwest and north of Horivka, and Russian armor losses are growing. In the Vugledar.io, Ukrainian forces repulsed additional Russian attacks northwest and southeast of Новомихайлевка and were able to make marginal gains southeast of the settlement. In the Staromlynyvka.io, despite suffering heavy losses, Russian forces were able to make additional advances north of Priyutne on the zaporizhia donetsk Oblast administrative border in the direction of Novodarivka. The map was adjusted. In Zaporizhia oblast, there was only light positional fighting in the Orichev AO. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky visited the front lines in Robotene, spoke with troops and got a briefing on the situation. In the AO, a soviet era russian T-55 medium-duty tank that was in a combat role was destroyed, along with a T-72A main battle tank. The T-55 is 64 years old, and this is the second one destroyed. In occupied Berdyansk, the crimean Tatar insurgent organization ATESH reported that Russia had set up a drone factory in the Berdyansk harvester plant. The plant is also used as a repair depot for Russian equipment, with ATESH noting that the rate of production for drones was low. After the International Atomic Energy Agency, or IAEA, stated that landmines were positioned on the perimeter of the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, the permanent mission of Russia to international organizations in Vienna released a statement insisting they were not violating the pillars of nuclear safety or international humanitarian law. The mission claimed, quote, the minefields located between the external and internal perimeters of the Zaporizhzhia NPP do not pose any threat to the plant personnel and the IAEA experts located there. Moreover, laying mines to protect the perimeter of a nuclear power plant is an acceptable practice that does not contradict any IAEA recommendations. So, let me understand this. The IAEA says the landmines should not be there. And Russia comes back and says the landmines don't contradict IAEA recommendations. Take all the time you need. Here are the recent developments and updates for the Black Sea occupied Crimea, Mykolaiv and Odessa. Moscow continues to remain silent about the loss of the Black Sea fleet missile corvette Ivanovitz. In a stunning bit of open-source intelligence work, Twitter user, also called X, Dmohovensys identified the exact position and time the Ivanovitz was attacked using the location of the stars. The video released by Ukraine provided enough information to confirm the missile covert was 13.5 kilometers from the opening to Lake Donuzlav, due west of occupied marina. It was all 3.44 hours local time when the port site was hit a second time, likely detonating two R270 mosquite anti-ship missiles. In occupied Vladivostok, the remains of the Project 755 large landing ship Novocherkassk, which was sunk in port on December the 26, were raised. There are still dozens of Russian sailors reported missing, and it is believed their bodies are trapped in the destroyed ship. In a rare case of admitting the loss, the Kremlin indicated they had no plans to repair the vessel. The Project 22800 Karakurt-class missile corvette called which suffered mission-kill damage on November 4th from a missile strike, has not moved from the Zaliv plant in Kerch. There are no apparent signs of a repair effort. The Ascolt was commissioned in 2021 and was capable of launching up to 8-caliber cruise missiles. Satellite images confirm that a command and control center at Belbek military airfield north of occupied Sevastopol was completely destroyed last week by two missiles. There is activity to report on in eastern and central Ukraine. Russia launched its largest attack on Ukrainian infrastructure since March 2023 on Kryvyi Rih in Dnipropetrovsk oblast, according to Ukrainerho. The facility was hit by multiple Shahed-136 one-way drones, knocking out power to 100,000 and suspending rail service. Repairs were mostly completed when the site was attacked a second time knocking out power to 7,500 in the Metallurgyny district. Ukrainerho was forced to de-energize two 150 kilovolt power lines to prevent the system from overloading. At the time of recording, power has been restored. President Zelensky visited the Ukrainian Air Command East headquarters, where he presented state awards to pilots. He also met with the commander of Air Command East, General Ivan Terebucha, with whom they discussed how they could stabilize air defenses in the face of growing ammunition shortages. In Poltava, Russian missiles and drones attacked grain storage facilities four times, destroying some of the winter harvest. Here's what's happening on the Russian front. In Volgograd, pictures and reports from Lukoil confirmed that the distillation processor at the AVT-5 primary oil processing facility at Volgograd Refinery was destroyed by a Ukrainian drone strike on February 3. The AVT-5 unit underwent a 13-month-long upgrade that was completed in December 2022 and cost 10 billion rubles. The atmospheric and vacuum distillation tower collapsed, taking up to 3.5 million metric tons of annual capacity offline. Reuters-Thompson reported that Russia will be forced to reduce the export of all refined oil products due to critical damage at three refineries, involving the distillation units and a fourth that suffered an accident. Due to earlier attacks and mandatory OPEC plus cuts, in January Russian gasoline exports were down 37% and diesel fuel was down 25%. All is going to plan. Poland is increasing its military readiness due to Russian missiles continuing to venture close to the border with Ukraine and GPS jamming. The Polish Air Navigation Service Agency issued a notice to airmen, or NOTAM, from February 5 to May 5 for the eastern half of the country to the border of Ukraine. Civilian aircraft operating in the notification area will be required to maintain radio contact with air traffic control and fly with transponders on to quote «prevent their disruption of increased activity by military aircraft» unquote, due to unplanned military action to ensure national security. Polish officials hinted they were considering taking a more aggressive stance to the threat of Russian missile airspace violations, including shooting down missiles still over Ukraine on a trajectory that presents a potential threat to Poland. Here is my theater-wide update. On February the 2nd and the 3rd, Russia launched 14 Iranian-sourced Shahid-136 one-way drones at Ukraine, with nine intercepted. Over the weekend, Ukrainian officials acknowledged that shot down a Kh-22 missile in the Kharkiv oblast. President Zelensky told the Italian TV channel Rai One that he was thinking about replacing the commander-in-chief of the Ukrainian armed forces, General Valery Zaluzhny. Quote, When we talk about this, I have the rotation of several state leaders in mind, not only in one sector, such as the military. I'm thinking about this replacement, but I can't say we've replaced one person here. If we want to win, we have to push everyone in the same direction and be convinced of victory. We mustn't despair or give up. We have to have the right positive energy. That's why I'm talking about a reset, a replacement. I mean something serious that isn't just about one person, but the direction of the country's leadership, Unquote. During the same interview, Zelensky also said that the ongoing war is in a stalemate because, quote, there have been delays with equipment, and delays mean mistakes. We are fighting against terrorists who have one of the largest armies in the world. Ammunition is not enough, we need modern equipment, Unquote. Finally, Zelensky signed the decree that made the former exited mayor of Molitopol, Ivan Fedorov, the new head of OVA for the Zaporizhia oblast. And that's what we know. Your support of my home, Ukraine, helps us make history and protect the future for all. You've been listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. To help keep us independent, please consider providing financial support by becoming a patron. Want on-demand news in your hand? Download the Google News app and make Malcontent News one of your favorites to receive breaking news updates. Thank you for listening.